Hello, guys. What's up? And welcome back to the Josh and Nate Sports Podcast. How you doing, Josh? Good. The podcast number three. Yeah, we're getting it started. What do we have on the show today? So today we're going to go through a series of questions after uh, week two of the NFL season just ended. And there's a lot of good storylines to talk about. And first we're going to start off is some thoughts about Patrick Mahomes. And I just want to ask you, do you think he's legit? Do I think Patrick Mahomes is legit? Obviously, for the first two weeks of the season, he's had 10 passing touchdowns. And last week, he had six passing touchdowns. Huge fantasy um, uh, sleeper. And he definitely definitely looks like he has the Chiefs rolling here in the first two weeks. I think that he's definitely a quarterback that the Chiefs should stick with. And he, I think he is legit for this season. Now, whether he stays it over his career, I don't know. But I definitely think he will show us that this season – he spent some time as a backup to Alex Smith, and now it's his time. Yeah, I agree with you, Nate. I was watching some highlights of Mahomes, and just some of the throws he made were really spectacular. I mean, on the run, bullet points, and I mean, what is this? His third, I think this was his third career game that he played, and it's just crazy to see how good this kid was. And I heard through the organization that he had that all of last year, but they had Alex Smith, and that's why they traded Alex Smith because they knew this kid was going to be this good. And I think I really like the directions Mahomes is in, and he's going to be a good player for this team, franchise quarterback. I agree, I agree. You know, he wasn't much of a uh, college recruit, but he came in. Chiefs believed in him. Had the talent. Yep. All right, our next uh, question for today. Do you start Jameis Winston or – Ryan Fitzpatrick once Jameis Winston comes back from his three game suspension. No. You you stay you stick with Fitzpatrick for sure. I mean he's the hot guy right now. He's lighting up teams, good defenses, the Saints, the Eagles. I don't know how you could go to Jameis Winston. I mean you can't I mean look at the Bucks. They're two and they just beat two of the best teams in the NFL last season. If the if the Bucks go with Jameis Winston once he He's eligible to come back week four. That's crazy. I can't believe it. I would be stunned. Put it that way. Because this week three, Bucks play the Steelers, and I think that's going to be another shootout, and I think Fitzpatrick's going to have another great game. But there's no way you could just go just go from Fitzpatrick, who's lighting, again, lighting teams up, tons of passing yards, tons of big plays. And like Sean Jackson said, he stick with the hot man. That's what he's doing. He's got all the swagger. What do you think, Nate? I can't. Um, nothing else. Unless Fitzpatrick totally has a horrible game against the Steelers, I don't think there's no way you can start Winston. I mean, when you go from a guy who has been in trouble throughout his career and then you go from Fitzpatrick who's bounced around from team to team and you can show by starting Fitzpatrick you know, this is you know, this is for real. There's no no leeway. No no more leeway for James Winston. Yeah. So I think it shows him, look, we're serious, we're being stern. I think if Winston, he definitely has a good yeah. game, you stick with Fitzpatrick no matter what, three no, you're rolling. No one would ever expected the Bucks to be three and or two two and out. Yeah, I mean Winston's still young, he still has tons of talent. But I think this year you gotta go with the hot hand. And if Fitzpatrick starts declining then 
then they'll have to decide on where they're at. All right, so Steelers are in lots of trouble right now. Antonio Brown is thinking about, you know, did you hear about the rumor the, that the he, trade. Wants, he, he wants out of the Steelers? Yeah, Twitter, Twitter talk there. Steelers started, they're starting 0-2, lost the, or tie. They're actually 0-1, my bad. 0-1-1 because of the tie <laughs> with the Browns week yeah, one, and incredible. now they just took a terrible loss to the Chiefs because after getting lighted up. Do you think this, what, where do the Steelers go from now? And, um, I definitely think they need to make some changes in their mindset. There's just too much going on around them. I mean, definitely with Antonio Brown, I don't know why, like, what he was thinking. Just to put that out there, the team's, okay, zero, one and one. They definitely, no one thought that they would have tied the Browns or lost to the Chiefs. And... When you have that kind of situation, it is pointing to get Le'Veon Bell back. James Conner's not doing that bad. But I just think the whole mindset of the team and to stay on track and the defense needs to improve overall also. So just to clear out all distractions and improve the defense. Yeah, I, I get what you mean. I think this is also a coaching problem right now. I think Mike Tomlin has no control over the team. I mean, just the stuff that the teammates are saying about each other, ripping each other off, mm-hmm. especially Le'Veon Bell. Like, why would he even want to come back? His teammates don't even want him there. I I disagree. But it also needs to be made that I, I, I like when the offense linemen said that. I kind of not related, but it was kind of like, okay, you are a running back and you paid this much. The O linemen are the ones who are doing the job for you. Why are you? critiquing or why are you being like it's almost like selfish like the linemen do the hard work for you get all the fame the touchdowns and you're asking more money when the linemen who do the work for you are getting less money well he needs paid yeah I, he I, wants I, to get paid i mean this he's a top running back in the league oh, if not the best running back in the yeah, league let, todd Gurley just got a deal he's been asking for this deal for years now and I think he knows that this is his way of getting it. I mean, if the Steelers are losing, it's going to help his chance of getting a deal possibly. And if he doesn't get a deal, someone else will give it to him. But I think they're going to have to really shape it up here real soon because, I mean, their schedule this year is actually very tough. Uh, the division got better this year. The Browns yeah. got better. Looks like Ravens the Ravens and fat. Bengals yeah. are legit, legit uh, competitive teams. I don't know about championship competitive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're legit. And then they play the Falcons, the Panthers are on their schedule, the Jaguars, the Broncos, Chargers, Pats. I mean, they play the AFC, uh, AFC uh, West and the uh, NFC South. So. Yeah, um, I agree. All right. Uh, after the break here, we're going to talk to you about Carson Wentz cleared to play in week three and how, you think we will, well, how we think he will do in his first start of the season. All right. Back to you after the break. All right, thank you. Thank you for turning back into our show. Next segment we have on our podcast for the day is how will Carson Wentz play in his first start and our thoughts on the Eagles just recently starting signing Jordan Matthews. So what are your expectations? For Carson Wentz in week three? Uh, I don't expect too much from him. 
I expect a win. That's what I want. I think they need to win this week. It's Certainly. They play the Colts at home, and I think they will win. Colts are not a great team. They're a good team, but they're not great. And it's in Philly, and you know Wentz being back, everyone's been anticipating this ever since he was out. Mm-hmm. And I think Wentz is going to have a good, solid week three. I think you're going to see a rust. I have a feeling there's going to be some struggling. I mean, he doesn't have the wide receiver depth right now. Mm-hmm. He's going to have to find that chemistry back with his teammates. I mean, they just signed Jordan Matthews. I think that's great. That was great signing. I heard it, there was commotion about Jordan Matthews maybe trading for Josh Gordon, Corey Col- uh, Coleman mm-hmm. from the Browns after they just released him, Jeremy Macklin, and Jordan Matthews. But Jordan Matthews was the best signing out of those wide receivers, mainly because him and Carson are best friends. They share tons of chemistry, and he knows the offense. So they can throw him right in there to start this week. And it's I think that was a big signing. I think it's an upgrade from when they just had Wallace. It'll be interesting to see how Aguilar fits on the outside after he was just moved to the slot last year and excelled in it. So I think it's going to be an interesting week three for the Eagles, and I think they're going to need Carson Wentz is going to need time, and he's going to find that time, and eventually I think we're going to see the real Carson Wentz, the real deal. I mean, an ACL injury, it's very tough to come off of, but I think Carson Wentz, his, mo- his motivation's there. Yeah, I agree. I agree with like you said, the motivation. Uh, I follow him on Instagram, and he's very, uh, he's a, he's a, he's a believer in God, and he is very motivated. I don't expect him to be back into MVP form like he was last season. I think if he doesn't get hurt last season, he's MVP, no doubt. And I think he will get up to that form during the season, but not right away. And I like the upgrade. From Jordan Matthews to Michael Wallace, definitely his upgrade. Personally, I would have liked to saw or seen them sign Jordan Matthews just because, or excuse me, Josh Gordon, just because he's a bigger playtime receiver. I don't think they have that right now. I mean, um, really, Josh Gordon? Ex- yes, excuse me. I, I I don't know why, but I just have a feeling Josh Gordon. They would have, if they would have Simon, it would have been big play. They're missing. I was Sean Jeffrey right now, and they lost Torrey Smith from last season. That's that was big firepower they had. That was a big, like a big up that the Eagles had. They had deep threats: Alshon Jeffrey, Torrey Smith, and they had the running game of Garen Blunt and uh, JJ. And I'm I'm not trying to compare them to last season's team at all, but I'm just saying well, they struggled. Think, they struggled offensive offensively. These do you first think two Carson weeks. Wentz has pressure this week? Understand that he's pressure. He is pressure to win, but he doesn't have pressure to have an MVP like performance like last year. Like last year, pressure was on him. They had a couple late games or a later game of the season that were big, and he had pressure on him to to perform, and he did. This this year in the beginning, he won't have as much pressure. He'll have pressure to win, but not as much pressure to have an MVP like performance. I'm on the opposite side, actually. I understand that you shouldn't have pressure coming off of this serious of an injury, but the Eagles, he's going to face pressure. They have probably the toughest schedule in the league. I think they have the toughest schedule. They play tons of great teams. They play the Rams, the Vikings, the Saints. They just played the Falcons. They have Carolina and a tough NFC East. I think all the pressure is on Carson Wentz. They're dealing with injuries. 
The wide receiver depth is not there. The defense is going to help him a lot. They need the defense to play this year. And the way their secondary just played, if that continues throughout the year, it's going to be rough. He's going to have to put points in the It's going to be tough, and he's going to face pressure. But I think Carson Wentz is the leader on this team. He knows what situation he's coming into. He knows what role he has to have on this team. I like – I love Carson. And I think this year he's going to have a good year, not like last year, but – I don't know what's going to happen yet. It, it'll be interesting to watch, find out and watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But we all hope the best for Carson Wentz this year. Moving on to the next question, talking about Josh Gordon, actually. The Patriots just traded for Josh Gordon, gave up a fifth rounder, just got him from the Browns. How do you think he'll fit with the Pats? Um, there's definitely, with him in the addition, there's definitely a lot of, uh, pass catchers, and he won't get as mu- many. Look, excuse me, as many looks as he might want in the first first couple weeks as he's there. I mean, you're looking at the receiver or the receivers for the Patriots right now: Gronk, Josh Gordon, Julian Edelman when he comes back, Chris Hogan, James White, Rex Burkhead, and Sony Mitchell, and that's just a lot of mouths to feed for Tom Brady and. He he'll he'll get some production towards the end of the season, but I don't see him be, being a big factor here in the early going. He'll fit with good with how he runs routes and the big target he is. And I like him like that because Tom Brady needs one of those, but he won't get as he won't be as much of an impact as the first as he as people think he will in the first couple of weeks. I think he'll be there, and it's another weapon for Brady to decide from. But I think he'll have it'll take him a little bit of time to learn the system and stuff. But as you can see, anybody the Patriots thrown, they normally succeed. And I think Josh Gordon's going to be better, not as good as his first couple of years with the Browns, but he'll be there and he'll be a good. Yeah, led the led the league in total reception yards in 2014, or whatever. It was. Yeah, he'll be a big piece for the Patriots. All right, next topic we have. Can the Giants or Cowboys make the playoffs? They recently just played each other. What do you think of that uh, the, That situation there in the NFC East? I think one of them can obviously make the playoffs. They have the potential to make the playoffs. Do I think one of them make the playoffs? No, I don't. I don't think they're deep enough to make the playoffs. I think the Cowboys are there. I think their team is there. They're focused on the playoffs. Their defense, they're getting players back from suspensions, injuries. Otherwise, it looks like their defense is going to be good. The Giants, on the other hand, their defense is struggling when they have a really good offense, but I don't know how good Eli Manning can be. I don't know if he's even a playoff quarterback. I mean, yes, he won his Super Bowls, but it's been many years past his Super Bowls and playoff excellence. But I don't see any of them. I think, again, the NFC South is too – Deep. I also think that NFC North even got better this year. Mm-hmm. I actually see two teams coming out of the NFC North, one coming coming out of the NFC East, and I think again two coming out of the South. It's mm-hmm. Just my opinion. Yeah, I I think that the Giants they they have the stars there, Saquon and Odell, but their line is just not there. They struggled against they struggled against the rush against the Cowboys and the Jaguars and, and the Jaguars. They they're zero two right now. And many of us, including us, predict that the Giants would would defeat the Cowboys, but that that wasn't the case. And the Cowboys, 
I just don't think are are just deep enough. Yep, and uh, finish out the show. We're gonna have some bold predictions going into week three. Make a bold prediction, Nate, on the stuff we talked about today. Is there a player that comes out in your head? Uh, my prediction in the first week is I think that Josh Gord. This isn't a bold prediction, but I think the Pats will try to make an impact with him. And this kind of goes right against what I said, but I think he'll have a touchdown in this first game. This first game with the Pats. And for me, my bold prediction is I think Fitzpatrick is going to light up the Steelers this week. They're at home. Tampa knows that Fitzpatrick is legit right now. He's hot. I think Fitzpatrick throws for five touchdowns, just like last week. Mahomes threw for six. I think Fitzpatrick goes for five. That's my bold prediction of the league. <laughs> Just look forward to that Monday night game. Sometimes they're weird, but I expect a shootout. All right. That's, that'll be it for us on the Josh and, Nate, Josh and Nate Sports Podcast for the day. We enjoyed having you, and we'll see you next time. Thank you. Yes. <clears throat> Welcome back to the Josh and Nate Sports Podcast. It's been a while for you guys. Happy to bring you back. I'm here with my boy Josh again. What's up? Ready to talk about some Eagles Giants. Their game tonight, Thursday night football. Week six. Week six. Heading in to New York. A tough matchup for the Eagles. We have yeah. a lot of headlines and question questions to answer for you guys on this sports podcast. So let's get into it. All right. So heading into week six, Thursday night football. Eagles versus Giants. Eagles are favored by two. Uh, both team, or actually, Eagles are two and three. Giants are one and four. It's at the Meadowlands, and uh, who you like today, Nate? What's your analysis on the game? Honestly, if the Eagles line can block for Carson Wentz and not be stupid and not make him tear his ACL again, I don't know if it's possible. <laughs> but if they keep him healthy, uh, if they get a good solid run game going, I know it's going to be pretty hard without a uh, hopefully Clement can come through with a good game, even though he's banged up. Hopefully Smallwood can contribute. And Alshon Jeffrey definitely needs to have a good game. And our offense needs to be able to help our defense out. Really? Yes. All that. And I'm predicting the Eagles. I like the Eagles too, but I think they're going to struggle tonight. I think the defense is going to struggle big time. Jalen Mills, Mills on OBJ is going to be a really bad matchup. OBJ is going to torch him. I'm predicting OBJ gets 10-plus catches. That's just my prediction. It's going to be bad. And I think the only way the Eagles win this game tonight is I think it's going to come down to the fourth quarter and offense has to play well. If they struggle, then it may be another loss for the Eagles. I agree. I agree. But I think that the offense will make up for the defense mistakes. I think that our D-line – We'll get put pressure on Manning. I definitely think that's a, that's the truth. Manning, you know, he's getting up there in age. OBJ definitely has some uh, issues with him. Yeah. And uh, I think if if the Eagles D line can get to him, we we'll, we'll, we'll be solid. And and then you, you just stop Barkley in the backfield. I don't know. That's it. I don't know. I think, I think it's going to be tough. You think? It's a rivalry game. I think it's going to be close. All the way to the end. We have, I mean, we've had how many? We've had overtime game against the Titans. We've had a close game against the Vikings this year already. 
Well, we haven't been able to pull out. Remember, the Giants keep out. losing and losing. They're going to want to win this well, game at the home. The Giants last week, also, they were in a tough game. Last second, lost to the Panthers. Yeah, that was a tough loss, and that's why I think they're going to be really motivated to get a win tonight, which is why it's going to be tough for Philly. And there was a report that Lane Johnson is most likely going to be out tonight. They're going to test his ankle in the start of the game. He has a high ankle sprain, but most likely likely he's going to be out, and they're going to have Vitae in for him. So the line's uh, a little short tonight. I think that's going to be a huge factor in the game. I think there's going to be a bunch of pressure put on Carson Wentz. Mm -hmm. Despite what you say, yes, they have to block to win the game, but I think there's going to still be a bunch of pressure on him. And it'll be interesting to see how the Eagles' run game goes with Corey Clement. He should start tonight alongside Wendell Smallwood. Yeah, I I heard you mention about the Vikings being motivated, but I also think that the Giants, yeah, yeah, Vikings or yeah, Giants. I don't know why I said Vikings. That was my bad. But I think the Eagles are are, are they're defending Super Bowl champs and they're two and three. They're definitely more motivated to get the W than the than the Giants. Why would the Giants be more motivated? They didn't make playoffs last year. The Eagles are Super Bowl champions. They just got their quarterback back. Nate, they need Nate. to be have put instill confidence. When you in. lose, when you keep losing, have you heard OBJ? Have you yes. heard the talks? He's ripping his team. He wants to win. He's sick of yeah. losing. Yes. You think the team's just going to come out and play flat? No, what I'm They're saying. They're at home on Thursday night, I and they also, need a win. I also think that the Eagles will be just as motivated. They haven't since they got Carson Wentz back. They're one and two. They haven't proved that without them they can win. So you, they need to instill have more confidence, and they're going to be more motivated. Put it this way: If the Giants win tonight, they're going to be the same record as the Eagles a year ago after the Super Bowl. Do you think that happens right now? Definitely not. We definitely no. We didn't predict that. I no. I would not see that coming. So I, that's the Giants are going to be on the Eagles, all over them tonight. Right. It'll be close. That's all I can say. Final prediction is a close game. You got to give a final prediction. Who you think is going to win? You're Eagles. going with the Eagles. All right. And I think it's a must win. Must win. If you don't win this game, I think it's going to be tough. I think the Cowboys are going to be tough for them. I think the whole division is going to be tough. If you lose the Giants today, you know it's going to be a bad year. As a Philly fan, I just that's I just know. It's one of these things that we have. We know what losing's like. I think it's gonna be bad. Harsh words from Clummer there. Alright. I'm sorry. What do you think? Do you think it's a must win? <clears throat> oh yes, it's a it's a it's a must win for sure. But I'm not gonna go that deep and tank into the season. I don't know. Two and four? I mean, they would have to really turn around after this loss. Why not? Uh, the Eagles. Have you seen their schedule this yes, year? Yes, I have. Yeah, I Probably the, the hardest schedule in the NFL. Yes, I have. Yeah, after the Giants, they have the Panthers at home, the Jaguars in London. Then they play Cowboys Sunday night at home. Then they play at the Saints. And then later on in the season, play, they play the Texans, Rams, and again, their divisional opponent, opponents a couple times. Yeah, but it's not like they've been out every game. They've shot their self in the foot in almost the two pass losses they had. Uh, Vikings and Titans, they've shot their self in the foot how many times. And it's not like they've gotten blown out in every game. They've been in each game. So to say that they will do 
if they don't win tonight, they're gonna their season is a buzz because they play hard teams. We've played we've played with every team we've played so far, so there's I think that's an it's a over overstatement to say that. Really? Yeah. I don't know. It'll be a good game tonight though. I'm definitely gonna tune into that. Agreed, agreed. So I have a question for you, Nate. Now that the Eagles lost JHI to an ACL injury for the whole year, should they trade for a running back? And if so, who? I'm going to say that they should. Reason why is, to add my point, they, they do have a tougher schedule, and they need support for Carson Wentz. Not saying that Corey Clement is not enough, but he's also still hasn't established himself this year at all yet. He's been banged up. Smallwood hasn't established himself in the NFL yet. So you look at the running backs out there, Le'Veon, McCoy. I mean, wouldn't that be nice to bring McCoy back and to have an extra running back, an extra threat in the backfield? That'd be an up for So you're saying Shady. You want to bring Shady back? I'm not saying a definite Shady. I'm just saying we bring Shady back and that's just an extra threat in the backfield. Same as same as Bell, though. I think the Eagles need to trade for a running back just to keep them all fresh. They like their by-committee running backs. Having all three to four, like we saw last year, using all of them, keeping their legs fresh. So I think if there was any one that I've heard that I've won on the Eagles team, it would be David Johnson. That's very unlikely. I doubt that's going to happen. Le'Veon Bell, I heard the Eagles don't think they're going to get him, so I doubt that's going to happen too, even though I also won him. But I think the most realistic trade right now is with Sean McCoy. Just because he's old, he's a little banged up, and they could probably get him for fourth round or less. It wouldn't be that much. Maybe a fifth rounder. Even maybe a sixth and a fifth, they wouldn't. They wouldn't have to give up anything for Sean McCoy. I think he'd be a good addition to the team to add some veteran leadership. Honestly, my opinion. Agreed. Agreed. Bringing old Philly, Philly vet back. Philly native. Went there. It's from Harrisburg. Yep. Should be Devitt. Yeah, it'll be interesting. And then my last topic before the game. What do you think about OBJ's comments? Was it right for him to talk about Eli and his team like that? It wasn't a distraction. I don't. I don't think. It, I don't think that it's wrong for him to feel like that. I wouldn't be the person to put them on the spot if I was. If I was Eli and the rest of the rest of his team, I'd be mad that he would be saying that on live TV in the interview. It's mm-hmm. kind of a thing where. You don't, you know, you you don't want to put your teammates on the spot like that, and to say that on live TV, in the interview before the game, that's, I think that was a little over. Yeah, I think it's wrong. I think he, sh- I mean, I get his points, but I think it's wrong to do that again, like you said on live TV. But just to, just put your teammates out there like that, on a poster, just say bad things about. It. I don't like it. Make it a distraction in the locker room. And- that's probably a reason why they're one and four. Honestly, I don't think you think OBJ has good chemistry with the locker room. Heck no! And after saying that, uh, uh, I I think that he does, but you know it's kind of like when it, 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 you can use an example in this where 
you know, you've been buddies. You see OBJ, he gets along with Saquon, all receivers are for Eli. I don't know how much he does, but I think it's an, a, like a spot where, you know, you kind of have that best friend where you've been friends for him for how long. Yeah, obviously. There's and then a you, you have you have that point where you just, you know, they, you know friends can get annoying. You have to eat butt all the time. But you think there's players in the locker room that aren't a little upset about Oh, yeah, definitely. I think they are definitely for sure. So there's a distraction in the locker room. Definitely. People are upset. There's a distraction. Yes. I would, distraction. I would say they, they have a, they have an issue with him saying that. I don't think it is that much of, like, a distraction where it's separating the locker room. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, the Giants are going to have to find who they are this week. And if they take an L, it's probably the end of their year, going 1-5. But if they win, I think they still have a shot. Just because of how weak the division is. Yeah, it's kind of, NFC is kind of kind of wide open. You Struggling. look at you look at it. Redskins are on top. Eagles and Cowboys both two and three, and the Giants are of course one and four. So, yeah, Redskins are actually two and two. They had the bye. Yeah, but they're still they're still yeah. There. But they had the bye. But the division. All right, that'll wrap up our segment about the Eagles and Giants in Thursday night football game. Tune in for that game at 8 o'clock, 8, 8.20 actually on Fox. It'll be a good matchup. And coming next, we're going to have – I'm going to have a little talk about what I think about the MLB championship series, NL and AL. All right, welcome back into the final part of the show this Thursday. To the, and right now, I want to talk about the Dodgers versus the Brewers. That is happening Friday and Saturday, the game one of the ALCS, Red Sox versus the Astros. I think both of these series are very interesting just because of the lineups, the loaded lineups that are featured in both. Both have some strong pitching. And I think both Dodgers and Brewers, Red Sox and Astros, I think they're all lined up really close. And it's going to make the series really fun. And I'm going to start with the Dodgers and Brewers. Right now, I think both teams are hot. They're coming in this hot, and they both really want to win. Brewers are number one seed in the NL. Dodgers, I think, were number two. Pretty sure. It's going to be interesting. I think I like the Brewers actually to win this series just because of their hitting. And I think look out for reliever Josh Hader. He's been a beast all season. Strikes out. Has about two plus strikeouts every inning he throws. He's going to be a monster this this uh, series. Think he'll be a key key impact for the Brewers. Definitely, and I think if you look at back at Andrew Miller when he helped out the Indians, he's going to be that type of guy where he'll come in, pitch three <laughs> innings out of the bullpen, maybe come back the next day, close out a game. I think that's going to be big to watch. But look out for the Dodgers rotation: Clayton Kershaw, um, Ar- Aru. It'll be interesting. I think I still like the Brewers though. Christian Yelich is going to lead the way for these Brew crew. You think uh, the Brewers have enough firepower and bat power to out out hit the pitching? Yes, That's and I pitching. I think if they're able to get at least one, they're going to have to win one game at LA. For, I think to win the series, I don't think they're going to win all four at home. But I think their home field advantage. I mean, the Brewers have not been competing. For a while, like this, 
this intent to be one series away from the World Series. I mean, this is huge for Milwaukee. It's going to be a loud stadium, I think. And that's why I think the Brewers having home field advantage with their loaded lineup. It's going to they're I think they're going to have enough, just enough to beat the Dodgers. We'll see though. Final prediction. What's your what how many, what do you think series series game? Series game. What do you uh, think? I think it's going to go down to game 7 Brewers. I think we're going to go all right, and then Saturday, this Saturday, the Red Sox play the Astros at home at Red Sox. Again, Red Sox, 108-win season. Astros, 103-win season. I mean, this is going to be just a showdown for for the ages, I think, honestly. I think this is going to be a really historic series because I think it's going to go down to Game 7. It's going to be at Fenway Park, Game 7. You got the defending champs versus one of the best teams in Red Sox history. Mm-hmm. Going at against each other, Houston and Boston, both uh, really big sports cities, and I think I like Boston to win the series again. I like the home field. I think the home field is really key in the MLB playoffs. I mean, you can win games at on the road; it's very challenging. Mm-hmm. I, we saw the Red Sox take two games at the Yankees. That was big. But I think the Yankees weren't a complete team. They weren't all built well together like yeah. the Red Sox are, which is why I think that's why the Red Sox were able to come in there, win big against the Yankees, and get those two wins. So, you th- if you're saying about home field advantage, if the Astros steal a game in Boston, do you think that, that the Red Sox will still be able to win the series? That's a good point, Nate. Uh, I think the Red Sox have the potential to still win the series. The Astros are really tough at home, though. They'd have to – Red Sox would have to have sale, I think, going against Houston. Yeah. Even that, that would be tough. I mean, Red Sox – I mean, the Astros lineup right now is really hot, as we saw in that last series. I don't know. It'll be interesting. Alvin Bregman uh, has been very hot. I think he has three or four home runs already in this postseason. He's going to be a key for the Astros to keep it up. I think if he slows down – you're going to see a little bit of a struggling lineup, but they got all other guys, Marlon Gonzalez, George Springer, again, the vet, Jose Altuve, even though he's yeah. still young. He's been on MLB for a while. Mm-hmm. And look for the Astros' rotation to be dominant. But, again, I think home field is where it's going to be the key for the Red Sox. If you win your home field games, they I think they can win the series. But I do think it's going to go down at like game seven because I think the Astros uh, – Deep rotation and bullpen is going to be big. And another couple players on the Red Sox that I want to point out that you have to watch. Chris Sale was the setup guy in game four of the Yankees Red Sox matchup. He's going to be that type of guy, almost like a Josh Hader, Andrew Miller guy, like I said before. He's going to have to come out of the bullpen, I think, and they're going to try pitching him twice in this series, definitely, and possibly three. We'll see. I think it's possible he could go game one, game four, game seven. So you think he'll I think it's that possible. You think, you think he'll start start once and start twice and then come in relief? Possible come in relief for a good amount of innings, probably mm-hmm. like five. If it comes game seven, you think they're just going to leave Chris Sale sitting there in the dub? Mm-hmm. No, they're definitely bringing out, in, out their best pitcher. Yeah. But also, I think Astros have pretty good pitching, pitching to uh, Definitely with Dallas. Yeah, Dallas Keuchel, Garrett Cole, Verlander. That's pretty. Don't forget about Lance McCullers. Yeah, they're deep too. That's why this series is going to be a real big dog fight. I can't wait. Can't wait to watch it.
do you think whoever wins the series will win the World Series? I agree. I think whoever wins this series is definitely going to win the World Series. And I think the World Series won't be close this year. I think it's going to be – I want to say that the National League gets one, two games at most from whoever the AL winner. But so, I think Red Sox and Ashers are too so dominant. So definitely the championship series, you think both championship series will be more more, more exciting than the World Series itself. Yes, because I think they're going to be very close. And everyone loves Game 6, Game 7, teams facing elimination. And I think that's going to be mm-hmm. something to watch for. And I, I think both of these teams are very motivated. You see the Dodgers after they took a loss last year, they want to be back. Astros, I mean, they know they're – I think they have the swagger and they know they're the best team in the league. And I think the Red Sox really want to show MLB what they have and make it to that World Series and win. Finally, it's been a while. They've had a good team for a while. And the Brewers, I think they're just in there just to wreck it up, honestly. No one predicted the Brewers to even make the playoffs, and now they're in there in the championship series having home field advantage. They just want to wreck it up. Wreck the Dodgers season, quite honestly, after trading for Machado. Who knows? Maybe the Brewers pull a little Philly-Philly underdog. True. Upset them. That would be pretty cool. That would be pretty Pretty weird, wicked. All right, I think it's going to wrap our podcast show, wrap up our podcast show for the day. Thank you for joining us once again. We'll try to be more frequent with our updates coming here in the next few days. Thank you. Thank you.